Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joseph, and joining me on the show is William from Miami Martial Arts in Miami, Florida. Welcome to the show, William. How are you doing today? How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. You know, I'm very excited to have you on the show today to learn more about what you have going on at your gyms. Um, But first, before we dive into the business side of things, when you first, you know, got into your gyms, what was the vision you had in mind for them? Uh, Well, I'll be honest, didn't have any. Just to continue what I was doing. And then, you know, I deal with day to day. Like I had a plan. I had an idea was keep the gym running facilitate you know like jujitsu whatever martial art training for the community and if you know and it just obviously since i deal with day by day i saw another opportunity took it ran ran and we're here today but it was just generally the idea of i want a gym i want to keep managing a gym i enjoy being helpful and provide a service to the community to people in general so that was just the plan okay okay just you know just going day by day then right yeah yeah Awesome. Well, with that being said, why don't you give the listeners your elevator pitch of your facility? So what kind of services you offer, what uh, demographic you serve, and how many people you have there? Okay, so currently we have about 150 students. Mm -hmm. Um, It's four instructors total. Um, You know, we have a good varying uh, schedule. So there is enough instructors per class or whatnot. We know we have a few assistants as well. Mm -hmm. So... You know, we're Miami Beach, literally two blocks from the sand, like beautiful, beautiful Miami Beach, two blocks from the sand. We're just, we're north on Miami Beach. So we're about, I say, 10 minute drive from South Beach. Like if you want to go nightclub. So we're at a great location if you're on the beach. Um, it's, there's parking. We're, we have a basketball court. We have baseball field, soccer field. So whatever amenities you like to do before or after, Mm-hmm. Or just you have a family and you're visiting on vacation and you want to train, but your family's like, I don't want to watch you do jujitsu. Like, so beautiful in that sense. We, we have everything at hand. Um, but obviously, you know, the, the bread and butter comes from the residents. So the beautiful thing is Miami Beach is not considered much of a family environment, but mm-hmm. it really is because I'm directly working with the city of Miami Beach. So I'm within all their rec centers. Um, okay. So saying that, if you're in Miami Beach, chances are your child or family or you at one point were a part of an after-school program with us, a summer program with us, or just a regular, I don't know, dance class or whatnot. You have been walking into a facility that I'm now providing martial arts in. So, you know, right now it's only Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. We are bringing on the striking, but the program is built so big due to all the opportunities that I've been able to just open for kids and then adults. It's amazing. We cater to five-year-olds all the way to adults. That's awesome, William. I love to hear that. So you mentioned you have about 150 students right now. Is that somewhere you want to stop or hit the gas a little bit more and get more people into your facilities? So I've one thing I've learned as a gym owner, well, you know, managing a gym first for several years, then becoming a gym owner was scaling has to be done appropriately. Like if not, you it can become a problem. You know, you don't have enough coaches, too many people on the mat. It just becomes uh, crazy. So right now, what I have with these two locations, I would like 50 more. 
and that's kind of pushing it to be honest with you, but 50 more is doable. I, I, I then will cap there. I then will probably go into another facility at Miami Beach and open up another program, maybe two days a week, four days a week, you know, nothing like only one facility has six days a week. All the others have a few and I give, I, I give an open door policy to, to mm-hmm. access to all facilities that we have. Okay. So you mentioned, you know, getting 50 more in each location is pushing it. What do you mean by that? Um, because at the set, at the moment right now, I'm dealing with what I thought was only my problem. Um, I thought I just didn't know how to manage employees. And I didn't speak and I reach out to other gym owners that I know. Yep. And I asked them like, listen, like, how, what do you do to keep the dudes interested? Because, you know, you start off with the competitors are the ones who want to compete more, want to be on the map more. So they can provide the time, but then their motivation doesn't stay the same. They either don't train as much anymore, and then they're like, oh, coach, I want to train more, so they want to miss a class. And it becomes this, like, this, this circle. Like, so I don't want to upscale too much. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, say, I, say, I say that with caution about like 50 will be pushing it because obviously to 50, I'm going to see 10, I'm going to see 20. I'll start observing. I'll start watching, checking attendance of previous students who've been with me longer. Because mm-hmm. if previous students who've been with me longer start ticking off the boxes on not coming to class as often, then there could be an issue where they themselves are not liking it. So, you know, it is, I, I feel it's a lot, it's, it's my job to make sure that I take care of the ones who show me love. During COVID, the ones who show me love before a new student came in today that with me for a year. Mm-hmm. Usually they give you the best feedback. So I, I say it with the caution for that reason. Like as I'm climbing, I'll have to observe and see if it's the right thing to do. Maybe 50 is too much. Maybe 40 is right. Maybe that's too much and 20 is the spot to go. But 50, I feel. Okay, that makes sense. Thank you for clarifying that for the listeners. So in terms of getting people into your door, what are you currently doing to get people into your door? Okay, so I got, I got, I got really blessed with the first 60, that's for sure. Um, crossover from the previous location. Mm-hmm. Um, and then friend of a friend, friend of a friend. And, and I, had a, I had a huge concern because my kids' class went from 5 o'clock to 6 p.m. Okay. And that's, that's late, you know, considering kids got to come home from school, do homework, and actually became a better time slot. So a lot of carryover. The rest mm-hmm. come from, we have banners across Miami Beach. And I simply say martial arts. And, you know, I keep it very vague because, to be honest, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is popular to us who observe and who watch and we see the MMA, but but it's not I much wouldn't. for other people. Yeah, exactly. So you know, I saw my shirt. They call for karate. I say, sure, karate, come in. Is it come in? The kid do it, and like themselves don't know much. And then from there, they either stay or they go. Honestly, mm-hmm. nine out of ten stay. Give it a try. Before you know it, I give I give them a discount on the first month. No contract, just an agreement. Thirty eight notice. So it's a lot more appealing. I'm not trying to hook nobody, bait and switch or anything. I'm not a car salesman. And they come in just from the regular banners on the street, regular flyers. Can I promote more on Instagram? Yes, I can. Can I do more on Facebook? Yes, I can. But I like the people I have now. So ch- chances are, if the way they found me, I can get others I want. Because then, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of gathering the same group and say, like, mind like the people, you know, like people who think the same. And then they bring a friend, they think the same. You know, I, I don't want no gym cancer. I don't, I do my best. I do my yeah. best in that. Hundred percent. Yeah. So you know, you mainly rely on like word of mouth and like the banners on your facility, like on the beach, basically. And you just yes. mentioned that you have used social media. So can you like walk us through like your past with social media? So Facebook and Instagram. 
Okay, so mainly Instagram. Um, and then I obviously linked it up to share up on Facebook. My, so you're asking me what I do. You're asking me a suggestion. I'm sorry. What you do with like okay, social media. So, yeah. So my page personally itself is, is I have a decent following. Um, mm -hmm. I haven't posted nothing in a while due to I want to focus on the business, but a simple video clip, a simple picture or two people watch people come. I do it more for my clients. Mm -hmm. Like, so my social media is if they bring somebody in awesome. Chances are a lot of people will come in. They come in talking to me directly. I mentioned some of my martial arts. I don't tell them, like, like now I'm saying it in the video and people are going to see it, but I don't tell them I'm the owner. I don't tell them I'm like the CEO or anything like mm -hmm. that. I, I'm just, to me, I'm just, to them, I'm just a coach there, which pretty much that's the big picture. And I do this for the simple reason. I want them to come and appreciate the quality of the facility. Yeah. I don't want me nor anyone else to be the face or the one that's expected to be there because then, then, then it's not a unison. I, I want to be okay. If I put a coach, everybody's willing to try that one class. Mm -hmm. So the social media, like, like, like I mentioned, is, is more for my clients at the moment and just to kind of keep it active so people to see we're around. Okay. Um, but yeah, but I don't, I don't, I don't do anything else like that. Like everybody's my, my thought process is everybody's already doing all the internet stuff. So that the flyer in the hand, a small flyer, a cardstock style, like like a three by five, is still it's it's much more appreciated now, because nobody's actually doing face to face. Mm -hmm. Talk to somebody. Hey, I got a free class. Come check it out. It's been working like that. Okay, so you mainly use Instagram to like basically like retain your clients. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Cool. Awesome. That's actually really good in terms of retention. So I kind of go down like a rabbit hole here in terms of social media. So. With social media, you know, you do the organic side, but have you ever used like paid advertising to get people into your doors? In the past, I've tried and I, I must, it's my fault. I did not know how to keep proper analytics, proper mm -hmm. statistics on if they're coming from the fire or not. So I, I mean, I always felt like I spent money on something that the return wasn't enough, you know, because as a gym, I got to, I got to stop the bleeding. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that was an expense that kind of was nothing or useless. Okay. So you have used it in the past. Uh, what do you think about it? Well, what do you think didn't work with the paid advertising? Was it just because you didn't know in terms of like data or was it more of like the copy or the pictures or what do you think? So I think my, my like I said, it, I have to take fault for it because I didn't collect data. Like I didn't know, I didn't, I did, it wasn't my forte and I didn't have somebody on the team to take care of it. So I figured, all right, I'll pay for the flyer. I'll pay for the banners on social media. Mm -hmm. And I, I just wasn't, like how many people are getting it tells you, but then like, you know, there's, there's better ways to figure out who actually opened it, who actually clicked on it. And I wasn't too, too keen on that. And so I can't tell you that it did not work. I can't tell you it didn't work. I just know that the route I took afterwards was just me just reaching out to people. You'd be surprised how many people just were like, okay, I'll come try it. a free class, a free shirt. They mm -hmm. come in, the product sells itself. Okay. So let's just say someone, you know, cause you're on the beach there. Let's just say someone comes into your facility. What does the process look like in terms of having them be like a new person and turn them, turn them into a member? Okay. And walk in the gym. First thing is go to a coach, coach checks the, our, you know, online system. You're mm -hmm. not a student. Okay. You need a waiver. You send your waiver link. You fill it out right there on your phone. Everything mm -hmm. is digital, no paper. Um, they come onto the class. They like the class. You, did you like the class? All right, awesome. All right, cool. Message this message the phone number that you got the link from, and then they'll you know, and they'll give you further information. I do my best to make it as streamlined as possible, 
So there's no hanging at the front desk. There's nobody, no sales pitches. It's, it's comfortable. It's, you come in, no, you have no gi, get on the mat. Don't worry, come and train. We'll mm -hmm. take care of you at the class, you know. We'll take care of you tomorrow. And and everything is through, oh, you like it? I sign up here. We tell them the rules and they sign up. We keep it very clear. I, I try to avoid from doing what I don't like. I don't like car salesmen. Yeah. I don't like people to sell me stuff. I just keep it short, no front desk. Come to the class. We like the class, go home, come back. Okay, so it sounds like you have like a waiver and like a whole process there, but it's less salesy and more of like, hey, come in here, participate, and if you like it, become a member. If you don't, yes. then, you know, take your own way and have a good day. Okay, sure. so let's just say someone comes to a class, you know, they participate and they really like it and they decide to become a member. What does the process look like to keep them for the long term? That, now, that's on my end of making sure my coaches are providing quality teaching and quality attention. Because you can teach, but that doesn't mean you're giving attention. So we're pretty good at, I've gotten lucky, I have coaches, and all of them, honestly, that will ask you, how's your day? And you'll be like, oh, it's great. You know, I'm going to school. But what are you going to school for? Oh, man, this. How much long you got? And then the next, you know, week, few weeks later, hey, man, how's school going? These simple things, you know, like like they're not just a paying student. They're like, hey, how you doing? Like, hey, is, is your family still doing well? You know, this and that. The ones who don't talk with them, obviously, we have to pay attention more to their technique. This, this might help you to improve a little better. Um, we also have a, a, a WhatsApp chat, which most gyms, I think, do. And in there, you know, we, we post all the group pictures. We take a group picture at the end of every class. We post them in there, and people like to keep it for their own collection. We post little small video clips in there. And we just, that, you know, we just retain like that. Like, like I said, we, we've been blessed in that fashion. I don't know if there's actually, if the method is working or just that I got great people that keep coming. <laughs> I don't, I can't. Okay. So it's mainly through like quality service, making sure that your trainers are up to par with communicating with the members there to keep them for the long yeah. term. And also yes. the accountability. I really like that, William, because um, a lot of journalists like that, that I've spoken to, they don't really do the accountability with the WhatsApp. So I like that. Um, so in terms of, you know, your members, let's dive into like the programs here. So with the programs, is it only training or do you also offer like nutrition? Like advice. Okay. So, yeah, we give the advice, obviously, you know, caution with everything because we're, we're not medical professionals, oh, okay. but um, we do give advice. Like we all, we do like, as a matter of fact, one of the coaches that I have, that's the head kids coach at my South end. Um, he was 270 pound teenager when he came to us. Mm -hmm. And within like six months, he got down to 190 and everybody's like, oh, that's awesome. But then we realized that's a little too fast, yeah. you know? So like, we, you know, we got in him in the best direction we could. What like, once again, back to, I guess, I guess me leading by example, because I, I taught every class before I had any coach. I taught 29 classes a week. I did them all myself, kids, adults, everything. Uh, a lot of them were my students who now became coaches for me. And I guess leading by example is I, I, I just, I check on people. Like if you literally just ask people, like you see somebody, you walk in and you all of us, you can see that they're slimmer or not. And you're like, hey, this is, man, you lost a lot of weight. Uh, like, like what's going on? They'll tell you, be like, man, okay, cool. That's awesome. What are you doing? If I have any type of advice I can feed on that, I go ahead and I, and I pass it on, you know? Um, whenever I hear a podcast that, like, I feel like it's, it's speaking on these details, I pass it on to the WhatsApp, you know, like, like almost like a, a weekly thing, you know, I, I just, we keep each other moving. Luckily though, my students have gotten the confidence to open up. I've given, like, I'll ask you a question. You do something, let's say a blue belt. I use it as an example. 
And he, he did a technique a few days ago that I was like, okay, we worked that, but you did a different grip. You know, I like that. Hold on, everybody stop the class. Check this out. Look what Joe did with this technique. Mm-hmm. And like, we worked through it. And like, so then like some people will be like, well, but only black belts and brown belts should be teaching. But I'm like, he did something pretty crafty. Like, why am I going to explain if he just did it? I'd rather them yeah. see the success rate of this guy. So then people open up and then they become their own. Everybody helps. I, I guess I, you can say I socially engineer the environment. Okay. So I, there's coaches, there's assistants, but then the, the students kind of manage themselves okay. in terms of, like, you know, they're professionals. I got a doctor. I got a, I got a lawyer. Somebody asks a question. I, you know that. Okay. Yeah, y'all talk to each other. Like, I shouldn't have to do all the work. Y'all know each other. 100%. Yeah, so second to last question here for you, William. You know, in the fitness engine world, there are three pillars of business. So first being lead generation and acquisition. So getting people through your door and turning them into paying members. Second being retention. So keeping them for the long term. Third being ascension. So increasing the overall lifetime value of each member. So upgrading them to bigger programs, having them spend more money. So out of those three, where do you think you can prove the most on and why? Mm. I guess more lead generation, which okay. is, uh, oh, this is a good one. Give them, give them to me again. Listeners are loving it. Okay. Give them to yeah. me again. Give them to me again. So there are three pillars of business, you know, lead generation and acquisition. So getting people in the door, training the members. Second is retention. So keeping them for the long term. And third being ascension. So basically increasing the overall spend that each member spends money with you. So increasing their overall lifetime value. Number three. Okay. Number Why is that? Why is that? Um, Cause I have this thing in me, right. Where like in the jujitsu world, right. Um, academies require you to wear their uniform mm-hmm. and pretty much wear all their stuff in the thing. And, and, and at first I didn't get it at first. I'm like, why? Like they're already paying me monthly. It's already expensive sport. If they compete, it's already expensive. So they're, they're pretty much, sorry about that. They're pretty much, like marketing me and going to a gym and I, but a, a tournament is a hundred dollars. They're paying $135 for fee. So I, I, I never forced the uniform. Right. Mm-hmm. But it does become a shit show. Sorry for the language. We're like, no now there's like here, good. Colors there. it becomes a little ma'am and it doesn't look as uniform as it should in terms of like just appearance wise, which that's the first thing that you see as you come to the doors and you student. So I do need to get better at making I guess pushing that ahead, which then at the end, the long term is they, they, I do get a little bit more money from them. So, like, so, you know, having the gear, like a rash guard, a t shirt, a shorts, mm-hmm. like get more things made. Um, yeah. That, that would be that area. That, that, that would definitely be it for sure. Okay, cool. So, last question for you, for you here, William. Paint me and the listeners a picture here. What are your short term and long term goals with your facilities? Okay. So, Okay, let me backtrack this. Uh, and I'm sorry. So um, my biggest retention is, in the, I remember I'm, I'm with the Parks and Recreation. So I have access to whatever other kids that they have access to. So these kids walk the hall and they see me and it's all great. And they come in and try. So these facilities, yes. I think, I think my goal for them right now is, 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 is pretty much there. My goal for my overall idea of the program is what I have a bigger future for. And that is, I wrestled high school, college. It got, it got me to college. It opened up a lot of avenues for me. I want to somehow facilitate jujitsu to be able to be put into schools in some sort of form or fashion 
to where now they have a little more access to it done. Okay. Now, obviously the concern to this is when you go into schools, the money made from them becomes lower because this is something that's a government subsidized ordeal. Yeah. I don't care. I don't mind having to have a thousand students instead of a hundred students. Like mm -hmm. I'd rather have a bigger number, make a bigger of a difference. So my overall goal is to somehow facilitate some sort of event or organization or whatnot where schools can get together and not pay the $200 fees to get to an event and register where their kid only fights once. No, it's, I became a wrestler and I only got as good as it is by fighting every day. And by mm -hmm. fighting every day, help me manage my emotion. By helping me manage my emotions, I was able to get to where I'm at today. But how can I do this with jujitsu if they only compete a handful of times a year? I need to provide more competition, a better environment. So that's what I want to do. I want my idea. And whoever wants it, any of your listeners who would like my proposal idea that I presented and brought to the city to get this brought in, I am more than happy to help expand and get bigger. But it, it can't be a greedy project. It's a project yeah. where, like, let's get it at every door. Let's get mm -hmm. it at every school. More opportunities. Let's get it in everybody's hands. Yeah. Well, awesome, William. You know, I think it's a good place to start to wrap things up in this episode. But thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate it. Um, but before we sign out, where can listeners find you on social medias and your website? Okay, so the, the website for the school is miami-martialarts.com. Check it out there and all the contact information is there. And on my social media is I underscore am underscore abreu, A-B-R-E-U. Awesome. Well, William, we appreciate you for hopping on the podcast today and sharing your story. And to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. And don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your gym, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, until next time, Gym Lords, out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now let's head into the next interview. What's up everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Claire from Believe and Achieve in Sheffield, UK. Welcome, Claire. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you, Brooke. How are you? I'm good. Excited to have you here, you know, to learn more about what it is that you do over there. But before we kind of dive into that, give us a little bit of background. You know, what was it that led to you going and opening up this uh, fitness business? Okay, so we, or I opened this up in 2013. Um, I didn't actually become a personal trainer until I was 37. So I was late to the industry. I was a school teacher before. And I just, I mean, I guess I just fell into it really. It was a bit of bit of fate and just uh, needing a new direction in life. So um, I was somebody who was always being fit and healthy. And then when I got into my mid thirties, things needed a little bit more work. I couldn't just eat what I wanted anymore and, and keep moving and, and stay slim and kind of how I wanted to be fitness-wise. So I kind of got into um, hit classes. I really enjoyed it. Um, a few friends who were doing the classes decided to do the level two gym instructor course. 
So I thought, yeah, that sounds interesting. Bit of a hobby. I'll do that. I was really, really enjoyed it. And then they were doing the PT course. And I thought, purely, I was honestly just doing it for my own knowledge so I could do the best I could do for my, for my own health and fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, but I loved it, especially when I did the, the case studies. And, you know, I worked with three women because Believe in Sheep is a, a women, women's only facility and that's always been the area I've worked in. So, you know, I, I worked with three women and it was just fantastic to see them develop. And there was one lady in particular who'd been told she was on the verge of diabetes. And after the, working with myself for a, a number of weeks, she went back to the doctors and the doctor was like, yeah, things are changing now. This is great. So I got hooked. Um, I got a job just kind of at weekends because I was still teaching. Mm-hmm. And I really started, I don't know, maybe it was a mid-30s thing where you start to question what's going on and, you know, where you're going and is is this it? Um, mm-hmm. I thought, oh, do you know what? There's more to life than just, I mean, I never wanted to be a school teacher. I just, again, just fell into that, really. Um, I read the book, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. Um, that kind of gave me a bit of a nudge. And I thought, right, I'm going to do this full time. Um, got a, a few clients, managed to build it up. Worked in another gym for a couple of years and didn't, it was tricky because I've always worked with women and it's very much ladies who um, don't feel too great about themselves. They don't want to go to a commercial gym. Um, they, they want privacy. They want somebody who really understands them. So when I was working out of another gym and there was other trainers there, other classes going on, a lot of the women felt uncomfortable. I thought, I really need my own space that I can I can make my own and you know make sure everybody puts equipment away because... That's a little bug there. Um, so, yeah, I found my own facility. It was tiny. That was back in 2013. Um, okay. That's now where we're at, 2022, just opened the second, well, the larger one. Um, yeah, that was quite a long, long story. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, it's okay. It's okay. So you've been doing this now for 11 years, uh, right? So you started in, yeah, or, or around there, 10 nine or 10 years I'm not great at math on this spot here um but you've been doing this for a little while and you recently moved into you know this this bigger space I mean it's still a small private studio but it is bigger than your last uh, spot uh so kind of give us your best elevator pitch of the business you know as it stands today who you are what services that you provide paint a picture for us but like I said, we are women only and um, we we have the tagline, the gym that sorts your head out. So the name Believe and Achieve kind of sums us up. So mm-hmm. we, we we kind of, we fill that gap between the large commercial gyms and the PTs. So it's women who don't want to go to the big gyms because they don't feel comfortable. They don't know what they're doing. They feel quite intimidated. But at the same time, they don't want to pay for one-on-one PT because mm-hmm. it's expensive. So we right. do small group private training we were in groups of four we've just gone to groups of six in the new facility um and it tends to be women over 40 larger women who really just want to feel fit and healthy and want to do it in a place they feel safe um that was a long elevator ride wasn't it that wasn't (laughs) (laughs) hey it's okay it's okay so it's personalized you know private training with your clients um, in, you know, in a private space, right? And you want to keep this more um, homey, small type scale feeling. Um, right now, is it, are you the only trainer in this space, Claire? Or do you have other trainers that work under you? No, I've got two of the trainers. Um, I, I've kind of done this for a while now and I really enjoyed the 
organization side of things, the marketing side, the, the administration. I, I am an organizer. So um, and my days of working at 6.30 in the morning to 8 o'clock at night are, are kind of done. So yeah, I've got a couple of people who who do the teaching and they're better than me because they've got the, yeah. you know, they're enthusiastic <laughs> about that now and I've, I've moved on from that. So they're, they're great trainers and everybody loves them. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that is, you know, huge. That's a very, very um, important thing there to kind of, you you can burn yourself out no matter how much you love what you do, you can burn yourself out. So it's important that you do have, you know, some trainers that can have your back and help you out and uh, complement the areas, you know, that, you know, I think when we have a team, we complement each other in the areas uh, that like, maybe I'm not the best at this, but this person knows more than I do. And it's, it's a really good um, symbiotic relationship there. Um, but kind of next question that I have for you right now is what's the capacity? How many clients can you guys fit in your, in your roster? So like I said, yeah, we are tiny. So currently we've got 30 people. Um, we could go to 40, 45 um, which, you know, compare, I've listened to some of your other podcasts and people are in the hundreds and, but that's never been my aim for me. It's about whoever walks in the door. I know their name. I know what they've been up to. And, you know, I could ask how the kids are by their name. So it, it's very personal and friendly. And that's what our clients need. That's that space where they, we, we call ourselves a gym family. And, and that's super important that. Because um, a lot of these women, they just would not go to a gym otherwise. But they come mm. for the the friends, the social aspect. So yeah, it's really important to us that we say it's small, yeah, small but effective. Yeah. That's okay. You know, not everybody has the goal of having hundreds and hundreds of members, especially in this more private training kind of um, realm. But I guess my next question to you is: Is this you know, what you do full-time, is this what your trainers do full-time or kind of, is it something that you guys other do other things? So yeah, I'm full-time. Um, one of my trainers has a full-time job and she just does evenings and weekends. Mm -hmm. And the, the trainer is a full-time PT. So he does the majority of the clients, but he's got his own clients as well. Okay. So a little bit of everything going on. Yeah. How did you find, how did you find those 30 clients? Like what process did you go through to find them? Hmm. Um, I mean, marketing's it's, gosh, it's been a bit of a bugbear for a long time. It's, it's, it, it, yeah, it's something I do find tricky and I've got to keep teaching, learning myself. Um, mainly Facebook, I think, um, with regards to social media, that is where most of our clients are because they are 40 plus. I do Instagram as well, but I really don't get much from there. We have a referral scheme with the clients. I think it's important to reward people who... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. are already with us and bring people in um we've got loyalty cards so if people take photographs while they're here and post them on social media they get a little tick on the loyalty card and after 10 of those they get a prize um we do a lot of social events open days um i do have leaflets and flyers i've written to local businesses in the past that sometimes brought people in but i would say the the main i've got a mailing list of course main thing for me has been facebook facebook Okay. So, you know, when you utilize Facebook, is it organic or are you guys running ads on Facebook? Cause I know that they have both features like where you can just post and then like, you can also put like a dollar behind your post. Which one do you do? So mainly organic. When I first started, I found Facebook ads really quite simple and really effective. And just as the years have gone on, it's just become more and more complicated and difficult to get 
good leads and you can end up spending a fortune if you're not careful. It's just, um, and I've tried hiring people in the past to do it. That becomes incredibly expensive. So it's mainly organic. And then what I tend to do, it's, gosh, it's really simple, but I boost posts rather than do the ads. And I do find that that is more effective for me. Um, and it saves me from getting totally stressed out because when I try and do ads, I literally have to block a day out of my diary just to to try and get my head around it and, and figure it all out. So, um, yeah, organic and, and then just a boost every now and again. Yeah. Um, so the boosting thing, when you boost a post, like, do you see that that kind of brings traffic into your business? Like, do you get leads when you boost? Because usually like what I've seen is like when it comes to boosting, that generates boosted overall awareness of our business which is good right we want to have that boost of overall awareness but overall awareness usually leads to more likes more comments more followers but those things don't equal new clients in the door of the gym all the time um Mm -hmm. so what what's your experience with that like how do you get a payoff from boosting or is it kind of does it ebb and flow is it a hit or miss yeah, I mean, not huge, but there's always some people who who message me privately, seen your post, um, really interested, or then the um, they'll go to the website and fill in the application form. So I always do get something from it. But you see, because we're so small, I'm not looking for hundreds of people. Right. Um, you know, if I can get five new people um, a month, then brilliant. I'm happy because our retention is really good. Um so yeah, I think I'm, I'm fortunate in the sense that I'm not looking for huge numbers. So I don't need to be a marketing guru to keep the business going, which is right. Good. Yeah. And I don't, you know, I wouldn't say that you're doing anything wrong right now. I think that there's always room to grow and improve and learn, um, especially when it comes to the social media marketing and advertising side of things. Because in 2022, that's the way to go. You're already doing it. So um, continuing to learn and see what the best practices are there is something that will help you. Um, you know, even if you're only looking to grow by a couple people every month. Um, but kind of next question that I have in mind for you here would be, you know, what would you consider Claire to be your biggest business related bottleneck? We all have our challenges. They're all a little bit different. Um, if we own a business though, generally things are not always sunshine and rainbows. So for you, what would you consider to be that biggest business-related bottleneck or challenge? Um, me, definitely. I am an introvert and I find it quite hard to shout about the business. Kind of, And I think because I came into it so late on, I've had a lot of imposter syndrome that I've, you know, I've struggled with. Um, so as much as I know that this is amazing, this is why I like my clients to recommend us because if they're saying it's great, then that's the best sales tactic you can you can really have because they're the ones paying they're the ones coming here I find it quite difficult to say to get out there and say hey we're amazing we're fantastic you know come to us I mean even back in 2018 we won best ladies gym in the national fitness awards so best ladies gym in the UK and I thought oh, this is it this is it this is imposter syndrome gone I'm gonna this I've nailed it now and I still feel it but that is just my personality and I don't think I'm ever going to change that so I've kind of I've had to make peace with the fact that I'm not going to be the loudest person. Um, and I think I'm okay with that now. I think even, you know, I think one of the best lessons I've learned is, you, you know, you don't have to be the loudest person in the room to be the most successful. 
Um, I think over the years, I spent a lot of money when I first started, you know, kind of on the mentors, the gurus, the coaches, and they were all about, you've got to hustle, you've got to push, you've got to drive, you've got to, and I had people tell me that, well, you're not, you're not driven enough to be in business. And, you know, I've been going 11 years now and I've seen plenty of hustlers come and go in the time that I've been, been around, but I still, I'm just a quiet person. I don't go to networking and kind of hold court. I'll kind of be the person at the back listening to other people and observing and it took me a long time to make peace with that and when I did that's when I started to see see the real success because actually my clients wouldn't relate to a hustler they mm-hmm. they would it's not their kind of they're not my kind of people so um yes yeah, so I think my biggest challenge has been myself and being confident enough to put myself out there um Am I great at it now? Probably not, but I'm getting better. Um, but like I say, it, it's, it's the way that I am. It's my personality. I've made peace mm-hmm. with it. And, um, yeah. And how, like, and how will you, how do you think, like, kind of becoming, not becoming less introverted, because I don't, I don't think that that's ever something that's going to happen. Like when we're an introvert, I feel like we're an introvert for life. Um, but you know, just kind of putting yourself out there a little bit more, how would that improve things for, for you or for your clients or for the business? Well, obviously, you know, you've got to be seen for people to to buy from you. So what I've kind of read, my forte is writing. I really enjoy uh, writing magazine articles. Um, so Yes, I'll do the videos because I kind of have to. Um, I think one of the best things that came along was Facebook Live. So I kept thinking, I've got to do videos, I've got to do videos. And I can't. And it would take me like a day to kind of do one because I would keep stopping when I made a mistake or I stumbled mm-hmm. or I, I didn't get my words out. And Facebook Live came along and you couldn't stop it. You had to just talk as if you were talking to, you know, like you and I now. And that helped get me a little bit more comfortable on screen because I got used to just chatting and being okay with the, the ums and the ahs and the getting your words mixed up a little bit. So I do the videos, um, not as many as I probably should, but yeah, it would be, of course, it would be great to be out there a bit more and, and shouting about us. Um, and I, yeah, I could do better, Brooke, I'm sorry. Hey, <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. I think that that's, um, all th- that those are like, you know, those are all things that we pretty much all of us can improve on just putting ourselves out there a little bit more because when we put ourselves out there, that generates word of mouth for our business. And that's very good. If we have good word of mouth, that feels nice and we don't have to pay for pay for word of mouth. Um, and that generally makes an impression on people. But um, I want to ask you here, you know, what if you could have a magic wand and all your dreams, all your goals for the business for, you know, you came true. What would that look like? So we would be full with a waiting list. So I would never have to worry that if somebody was leaving, not a problem because you'd have your next people waiting to step in. And, you know, I think when I first started, I had the dreams of I'll open this gym and then another gym and another gym. Um, And I don't know if it was the pandemic that made me change my mind about that. But right now for me, my goals are just to do what I love, get a good wage and support life than work and and I, I do love um writing so I'd like to write you have the time to write a book that's that's definitely on my uh goal list so yeah it's there's there's no huge kind of growth 
um, goals at the minute. I'd like to get full and then that would give me the time to do more writing, which is really, really enjoy and feel most comfortable. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, you mentioned the first part of that, you mentioned you'd like to be full with a waiting list. How far are you guys from making that happen? So we're currently 10 clients away. Um, okay. But like I said, we've, we've, only, we've just finished our first week in this new facility um, and an open day, which was great. So people are just starting to um, really find out about the, the bigger facility, which is great. So I am confident that will happen in January. Um, and not just because it's the, I guess I'm falling into the trap of, hey, everybody wants to get fit in January and it dies down at Christmas. Well, yeah, it kind of does, doesn't it? And I, I, um, I'm okay giving myself a bit of space. We, you know, we're managing fine financially at the moment, but I'm, I'm fine um, giving myself awesome. a few months. I think if you, if you try and grow too quick, one, you get too stressed and you can sometimes lose track of the new people coming in and it's important to me that every person who walks in the door feels really like part of our family mm -hmm. and they get the full experience yeah I like that um now you know what would be a word of advice that you would pass on to somebody who maybe just opened their own studio um they're just getting started on this journey very much. I mean, a bit like what I've said about um, with regards to myself and being an introvert, follow your own path. Um, don't try. I mean, I'm, I love learning about other gym owners. I love reading and it's great. You can, you know, if it, you ever get to the point where you feel like you've learned everything about being a business owner, then that's mm -hmm. the time to get out because, you know, you never learn everything. Um, but at the same time, don't try and be that person. And I think that's where I went wrong when I first started. I, I tried to be as confident and as you know, loud and as this and as that as everybody else. And that's just not me. So get in your lane and stay in it. And you don't have to be the same as as all the others out there. Just because somebody else is doing loads of videos doesn't mean you have to. If your forte is writing or podcasts or um, go with that. Yeah, think, definitely. Yeah. Try and, uh, if, you, if you try and just be somebody else, then they're already taken out there. You're not going to feel mm -hmm. right. So you're not going to do a very good job of it. So yeah, just yeah. do you. <laughs> I appreciate you sharing that. And, you know, thank you, Claire, for sharing your insight with us today and, you know, your story um, within the fitness industry. Listeners, thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, guys, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords Podcast, fill out the link in the description. We will be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders.
What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Jim Lawrence Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us is Kara Catalano of the Soulberry Club, coming to you from Doylestown, Pennsylvania. Kara, what's going on? How are you today? Hi, thank you. I'm great. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to to dig into this, and there's a lot going on at the Soulberry Club, but let me give my best stab at it, and then you can correct me along the way. Soulberry Club is sort of a quote-unquote commercial gym. We have an open membership component. We have a martial arts component. We have a yoga component. We have general group fitness classes. We have personal training. Anything that someone could dream up or want within the fitness space, you guys are there to provide it. Is that correct? Yes, you got it right. All right. We I'm like to think of in... ourselves, sorry, we like to think of ourselves as a large gym um, with a small boutique atmosphere. Got it. Love that. Okay. I'm interested in the ownership here because it's it's been a change in tenure, changing of the guard. And I think for people listening, it's it's a fairly common situation to buy an existing gym but as i understand it the four partners in place now took over just a handful of years ago is that correct yes we took over ownership and management in january of 2020 Uh, in january 2020 everyone that (laughs) listens to this knows that there is uh, a follow-up question here to be had but before we get into that what inspired you guys to to purchase a business within the fitness space how did we how did we come to this decision in the first place um well my partners liz and rob were members at the Solberry club um and had been members for a long time and were approached by the previous ownership when they knew that my partner rob owned another business and may be interested in purchasing um now At that point, I was spreading myself pretty thin, teaching at a bunch of different studios, um, and was looking to start a business of my own. So it just kind of came together at the right place at the right time, we thought. (laughs) Um, We thought. uh, Yeah. And, um, you know, it was just a, a common meeting of the minds and a uh, the, the right time for my myself and my husband and for them and for the previous owners who were looking to sell. Yeah. And, and so the COVID piece of this aside, there's, there's not a lot of optimism in talking about that, but the COVID piece of this aside, how was that transition process for you? We speak to a lot of gym owners who take over long-time existing businesses like this and it can be a challenge to kind of break old culture or or to even change anything without upsetting some of the guard previous absolutely um so we tried to make it as seamless as possible with no interruption to the members or the staff um sorry one second that's okay my dog is crying let me just let him out Okay. <laughs> Do you want me and, to repeat and so you were, that? you were talking about the seamless transition of taking over or the attempt at 
being seamless. Go ahead. Right. So we attempted to make it as seamless as possible from the member side as well as the staff. Um, the previous owners did let the staff know first that the membership or the ownership was changing um, and that we were going to do our best to keep everybody employed, keep everybody where they were, um, and, you know, just make things even better than they were existing. Um, members were notified once everything was finalized with us and the lease. And, um, you know, again, the same message was uh, pushed forward that we were going to keep everything the same and just make it even better. Um, now, some members were a little worried because, like I said, we're a small boutique feel within a larger building with a lot of services. And mm. people really like that. People like that it's not a crowded place, that it feels at home, that it's not corporate, it's very small business. Um, and we love that as well. So we, we were really trying sure. to keep all of that in place. Um, now, with that being said, of course, there were some things that ball was rolling on some things that we didn't really agree with. You know, we wanted to change certain things and um, certain protocols. Um, and, you know, the one silver lining of COVID was that it gave us a clean slate uh, that we were able to kind of bring things back as we liked them, when we liked them with the instructors that were working and you know, let the other instructors that were maybe there for a long time, you know, kind of go their own way if that's what they wanted to do. Um, yeah. So there it's, was- It's funny to refer to that as a silver lining, but I think you're right. And a mm -hmm. lot of gym owners saw it that way. It was this kind of ultimate pause button to where we can really look at what we're doing. Let's make sure that this is what we want to be doing as a business, not just because we happen to already be doing it. And so you guys were able to kind of take that and, and put your own stamp on where we're at now. Is that correct? Exactly. Exactly. There was a lot of stuff that we really loved um, and we wanted to keep. Uh, unfortunately, you know, there was a lot of things that we were that we lost in COVID um, that were unfortunate, but we we really were able to maintain the community feeling um, by heading online, which was great. And, you know, yep. those, those people, those, those small communities that stuck around, we built off that, you know, when we came back. I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and it's not a tremendously shaky limb, but I would assume that you guys lost members during that time. Is that correct? Yes, we did. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately. How heavy was that hit and followed that up with, have we been able to build back either to that level or beyond since? Well, um, the hit was pretty heavy, especially because of course we had just purchased the gym and the business. Um, so we were already dealing with debt. Mm. And um, unfortunately we, 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 we did get some help with PPP loans, um, but there were a mm. lot of grants and other um, opportunities that we weren't able to uh, receive because we were a brand new business. There was a lot of help Didn't for existing businesses. Yeah, that, um, yeah, a lot of the prerequisites for those business loans were, you know, having filed taxes in 2019 and sometimes even 2018. And yep. of course, purchasing in January of 2020, we yep. didn't have any we didn't 2019 have taxes. Yep. So, um, 
you know, yeah, our hit was, our hit was pretty heavy. Um, but we, the, the good thing about purchasing an existing business was that there have been some very long-term, very loyal, excellent members that really helped us through that time that were willing to support us, that were willing to try online classes when it wasn't the most popular thing yet, when they didn't know what zoom was now it's Mm -hmm. like a household name. Um, people willing to stick with us through it, um, which was really great because they didn't know us all that well, you know, as new owners, we were only there for about a month before we had to close in March. And, um, you know, that, that was really touching and, and, and really a testament to the community and the, the business that we wanted to purchase. It was there in the heart of it. And we just had to get through it and keep yeah. fighting. And, and so, yes, to finish off on the other side of COVID here, knock on wood, <laughs> um, we, we have a lot of our core member base that was there before. Um, we have a lot of new people too, which is great. The demographic has changed slightly. Uh, we have yep. some younger people who've joined and, um, you know, we're just continuing to grow and yeah, we're, we're, it's safe to say we're kind of back at square one, which is okay. you know, where we so purchased. So starting point at one. least. <laughs> yeah, now, exactly. You mentioned earlier, our members appreciate the, the small business atmosphere and, and not not being tremendously crowded, but mm-hmm. given the the square footage you have, what do you think is the upper limit for where you would want to go as far as membership in total? Um, right now, we're about at 350 um, active members. Mm-hmm. I think that we could easily grow to 500 um, and still be in that comfortable space where we're not overly crowded, we can still like, you know, our, our front desk gr- greets everybody as they come in by their first name. Um, I think we could still keep that, you know, and then, and get us at a more comfortable space. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So we can work with that. I mean, most of the people that, that listen to this podcast are probably in similar shoes in mm-hmm. terms of experiencing some sort of post COVID rebound but probably still looking to grow beyond. Almost every gym owner that I talk to knows that they have some wiggle room for growth here. And so it becomes kind of a a marketing challenge more than anything. It sounds like the product is sound, Mm -hmm. right? We don't need to change anything with the service. We just need to expose it to new people. Post-COVID at least, Mm -hmm. what have you guys been doing or what's been working for you to get those new interested leads and, and new eyeballs on the business? That I have to say would be our biggest struggle at this point. Um, marketing, unfortunately, is very expensive and um, time-consuming if you're trying to do it on your own. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, and especially if you're learning from square one. Um, but we're doing our best. You know, we're on Google, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, um, and we we try to keep. Uh, the social media up to date and active. Um, For clarification, Kara, is this the the free aspect of these things or is this you talking about putting advertising money into these things? We occasionally will boost posts and do small advertisement, but nothing really cost, like nothing too costly. Uh, We're not running big ad campaigns or anything like that. Um, It's more just to general outreach. 
And we try to do things in the community as many times as we can, as often as we can, just to get our name out there and to get exposure. Um, luckily, our small town has like uh, arts fests and bike races and kids yep. at things at uh, the, the local elementary school. We try to show up wherever we can um, yeah. and just be a part of the community because really that's what it's all about to us. My experience with gym owners is that nobody opens up a gym or nobody buys a gym in your case with big dreams of sitting on a laptop sitting behind <laughs> Facebook ads manager right. nobody cares about nobody wants to be running these campaigns but somewhat of a necessary evil if you will just to get some new people through the door you guys have done it we've attempted it stellar results maybe maybe not um, but a lot of this has come organically do you think that as you guys get your feet a little bit more underneath you that will be something that you look into doing whatever absolutely. platform makes sense for you guys absolutely something i've i've really learned is to ask for help when i need it um you know i need a little help with my website uh, the marketing and I'm trying to find the right people, the right team to yeah. help me out without, you know, um, just going with whoever I can find, you know, that small can business pretty costly. Is tough. Yeah, yeah, it small is. Small business is tough. Um, we've been really always, fortunate. Especially like you guys, you guys came into this at a rough time to be driving actual revenue and, and real profit. Yeah. And so budgets probably are tight. I Very would tight. Very tight. Uh, we we have to actually. Be, we need to be really strategic about this. Mm-hmm. We, we've been pretty fortunate though. We had a, a local marketing um, agency reach out to us to barter. They came in as potential oh, members and took a, a, a tour around the club. And then he reached out to me and um, you know, said, hey, are you, would you be interested in a barter system here? So he's getting a comp membership for himself and uh, another member of his okay. team. And he's so been creative us out with, with the resources. Yeah, that we have. yeah, yeah. Right. He's been a great resource. And even even just um, you know, chatting with someone and talking with someone helps get you know me motivated and, and helps get some balls rolling in the right direction. Sure. And so uh, strategy to be determined. Will we lean more into that? It sounds like the answer is yes, but we'll see how that goes in the future. When somebody reaches out, Kara, they're interested in coming to the, the facility for any number of your services, who are they meeting with and, and what is the typical process for them to eventually sign up as a member? Well, that depends on how they reach out in the first place. If they call our front desk, um, it's usually me there. Hopefully it's me. If it's someone else, then I usually ask them to take um, contact information and I'll reach out to them myself as well. Um, but occasionally people just walk in Luckily, we're located right next to a school. We're located right next to the township building and a post office. Um, so oftentimes people will just walk in. So it'll just be whoever's at my front desk. You know, we train them to greet people, um, show them around, be kind and friendly, okay. get contact information, and then I usually follow up. And, so this uh, is kind of a by committee thing, not necessarily one point person, but exactly. everybody is somewhat funneling to you. Is that correct? I try to make it that way. Um, okay. That way, like I said, I try to get to know everybody by their first name. I get to know a little bit about them. Um, you know, I really 
feel like our space is more than just come in and get fit. It's come in, be part of this community, um, you know, taking care of the whole person. I always, I train my staff to say, I always want someone walking out the door happier and in a better space than when they walked in. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, as long as uh, my front desk is just kind and friendly and welcoming. And, and I, I really think that, um, like for me personally, I don't love when I feel like I'm being sold something by a salesperson. Um, yeah. I try not to do that. I, I think say. our industry pushes hard <laughs> on that. I think yeah, yeah. fitness and has a reputation in that space. It does. But, um, you know, I try to have people come in I, I get them, I encourage them to try the two-week trial. If they don't want to do a two-week trial, I'll offer them a free class. Come in, experience it. You'll leave feeling good. And that, in my opinion, is the best way to sell someone. Yeah. And, and so it sounds like we're, we're gathering information and figuring out what this person actually wants and needs. Because you guys have a number of different kind of avenues for people to go is it you kind of recommending hey this is going to be the best route for you or do we let them decide and, and host that conversation at a later point uh, you're exactly right i um i try to get as much information out of them as possible so um, i try to make sure i'm not the one talking too much i try to get them to talk tell me what it is they want you know, uh, what brought them in in the first place. And then I try to find the best avenue for them to find success, whether that's a personal trainer, yoga, basic gym membership, uh, you know, martial arts, kickboxing, mm -hmm. whatever it is. And then, um, you know, I just try to steer them in the right direction. Got it. Okay. And beyond that point, Kara, we, we sign up this hypothetical member they're now coming to the facility in, in whatever service. For you guys, post-COVID at least, retention is, is going to be where the real battle is won and lost, I think. We could, we could get new people in all day long, but if we're losing the core members, then we're going to be in trouble real, real quick. What is going to influence people sticking around at the Solberry Club for the long term? Um, our retention rate, I'm happy to say, is, is pretty high. It's at 80%. Um, uh, I really find that people, so if a new person comes into my yoga class, for instance, I say, hey, Ed, this is Lynn. Lynn, this is Ed. And then I start a conversation and build that community and make people feel at home and comfortable. And then I find that that's what really makes people stick around. Yeah. There's a lot of, I'm sure it's, it's more than one thing, right? It, it would yeah. take for, yeah. it would take us hours and hours and hours <laughs> I just, to spell uh, out every reason why somebody yeah. would stay, but exactly. and you kind of alluded to it right at the beginning, there's a different feel, there's a different vibe more so than the commercialized quote unquote big box. Right. Not that there's anything wrong with that. That works for a lot of people, um, uh, but that's not our space. So um, I'm, I'm just like, I, I'm just trying to find what works for people. And if that's us, then that's great. If the small community feel isn't for you, then, then maybe our club isn't the right. Yeah. Then, which then is I fine. think it's irresponsible for us as business owners to assume that we're a good fit for everyone or that everyone is a good fit for us. Right. 
that's that's far from the case and can be that kind of shiny object syndrome of we're constantly chasing this person or this person or this person and forgetting about the people inside the facility already. Like I said, a, a conversation that could take us hours and hours and hours. But <laughs> Kara, big picture this thing with me. You okay. guys took over in January. We took a pretty pretty decent membership hit, as did everybody in our industry, but we're building back. Mm-hmm. What's the, the long-term vision for, for you and the other partners with this? Are we multiple Solberry clubs? Are we really, really big grand? Are we happy with where we're at? What's kind of the, the plan as you see things moving forward? Um, I would definitely like to build our classes, the classes in size and attendance. Um, I feel like that would be a big place of growth for us, especially because I really do feel like the group fitness area, the group class area is where people really make those community connections. Um, And then they bring that vibe, that feeling down onto the gym floor. Um, But I'd, I'd love to, like I said, build, but build within a scope where we can still keep that friendly atmosphere where you know you can look in the gym and and know one or two people in there by their first name um and and not have that gym intimidation (laughs) that people feel you know when they walk into a space and they're like uh you know it can be a little intimidating for a lot of people um and i I just grow there's been an interesting paradigm shift in our industry uh and it was kind of it's easier to measure pre-covid post-covid but i think before so many businesses were solely concerned with how many people can we jam through the doors how high can we climb this membership count and it's transitioned a little bit and it sounds more like what you guys are looking for now and it's okay maybe we don't need 2000 members mm-hmm. we can serve this pocket that we have but we can layer on all of these other services we can provide a ton of value to the people that we have and keep them for the long haul and it it doesn't always mean less money a lot of the time it means same or more money with a smaller population less headaches for the owners and everybody really wins doesn't that in this sound kind great of model. <laughs> it's uh that's the ideal at least right. is that the direction that you guys are trending yes yeah that sounds great to me <laughs> it's uh <laughs> It's one thing to say it, I guess it's another thing to to put it into to reality. But Kara, we're we're running a bit shy on time here, but I really, really appreciate your your kind of inside look into the Soulberry Club and how you guys are taking action post-COVID and what that looks like from a business perspective. So I can't thank you enough. Before we sign out of here, why don't you tell people where they could learn more about the Soulberry Club? Is there a website? Is there social media? Where can people go? Yeah, our website is thesolberryclub.com. Um, we're also on Facebook and Instagram, also under thesolberryclub.com. Well, well it's not .com on Facebook and Instagram. It's just the Solberry Club at on Facebook Search and for Instagram. S O L E B U R Y. You got it. Kara, this has been awesome. I I think our industry really really needs a lot more collaboration and a lot less competition, and so learning from each other can always help further the, the process. Absolutely. I'm excited to see what this looks like for you because it sounds like you guys are just kind of now hitting your stride and, and able to operate with some capacity. So thank you. We'll have to invite you back on in the future. For now, I wish you nothing but the best. 
Thank you. I appreciate that. Absolutely. And to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.